Hello, everybody. Welcome. So, in the next 60 minutes, we'll be talking about the future of DevOps with Amazon Web Services. It will be me, Alois, and David, Kennedy. David who's sitting over there. Before we get started, um, just a couple of words what we actually do and why we're talking about DevOps. So, David and I, we both work for a company called Dynatrace, and what we do, we build monitoring software. So, for all of you guys who run your software on AWS, we help you to run it better to, as you can see in the right part, top part here, discover your environment, monitor your AWS services, monitor the applications that you write, and so forth. So you can see we deal more or less on a daily basis on how we can make your life easier by running and managing uh, applications. Today, we will be talking about three main topics. First of all is how we move from uh, DevOps to VoiceOps, so just a question for the audience here. Who's using, like, ChatOps tools today? All right, couple. VoiceOps already? Okay, maybe after the session today. Next one will be about how to quickly prototype voice-driven applications. So as we went through this process, we also want to share what our process looked like in building, like, this VoiceOps experience and how we interacted uh, with our peers there. And last but not least, we really want to give you a real-world example of how we use the uh, AWS Alexa voice services and really enable new interaction models as part of our, daily, of our daily work. It would be great if I could tell you that I was really the one, or me and David, we were the ones really coming up with the idea of voice ups and we're the only ones here. Uh, but what you can see here on the left side is a quote from the AWS blog by Jeff Barr which was for the uh, AWS anniversary, uh, where uh, Jeff was also mentioning, while we're still trying to understand and implement chat-ups, don't forget some, something even newer called voice-ups powered by Alexis already on the horizon. So Jeff also said, okay, we will incorporate also voice interactions in our DevOps practices and not just uh, chat practices. And that's some feedback from him on a demo we recently did at... Um, the Velocity Conference in New York, which is one of the biggest operations and DevOps conferences. So what we built, in short, is called Davis. So don't confuse the two. This is David. David yeah. Davis is in here. I sometimes confuse them if I have reviews in the conversation. You can imagine a sprint review being really funny if you have to talk to David about Davis and go back and forth a couple of times. It would be kind of awkward. Yeah, it is kind of awkward. Um, so the idea is really to build a digital assistant, a digital team member that, that is part of your team and can support you in uh, everyday interactions. And, yeah, we thought we, we'd do a little video on this, right? So... Let me just go full screen here. Hey, Michelle, where are you? On my way to the client. Stuck in traffic. What's up? Customers cannot log in. I've already alerted the team. Should I give John a heads up? Go ahead. Good morning, Angie. 
What do we know about the problem, Davis? The last deployment triggered a login issue. Website login is timing out because of a surge in database service failure. I've initiated a rollback and can confirm that login is now working again. Anybody want to hear a joke? Hello. So, unfortunately, we did not implement jokes yet. Uh, <laughs> okay, how do I stop that one here? Uh, but what you can see here is more or less the vision uh, behind what we're building with Davis. What we will show you in the next 50 minutes is that you can actually build this today. Not this 3D screen that's in the middle of the air. We couldn't do that one, but the rest of it we did. And I don't know where he can tell jokes right now, so. Um, yeah, obviously it's a cool idea to build like this virtual assistant uh, like Jarvis in, in, um, in, in Iron Man. But is there, when we built it, we really figured out that there is an actual demand for this in the industry. So just to give you an idea, um, analysts today say that what we're trying to do is we're with monitoring tools. Right now, the footprint of monitoring tools, and we really talk, talk about deep monitoring, so really looking inside the application, inside user behavior, so beyond just CPU and memory, is about 5% in most of the enterprises out there. What companies try to do is to move to 25%. Why are they doing this? They're not just doing this because it's fun, but you might have heard the term digital transformation and others, so what they're trying to connect more of their uh, legacy systems that were just um, may be used for a terminal interface, build new SaaS-based cloud services around it, integrate those services. If you just do the math, if you move from 5% to 25% and assume that all the people you hired before were not sleeping and really working hard every day, you would have to hire four times uh, the people you were having before. And it was also a study done by Forrester on this. Um, they were asking uh, executives, so for your digital transformation initiative, what are the people, who are the people who you cannot hire today Also, you desperately want to hire them? And what you can see here, IT development and infrastructure, business analytics, and also some part of operations are, make up about two-thirds of the people that can't be hired today. So whenever you hear those discussions about AI taking away jobs, no, it's not really that case. It's that we can't even fill the jobs we need to fill uh, today. So the idea behind Davis is really that for these type of interactions where we need analytics, uh, operational intelligence, and so forth, um, we really build software that can help us in a virtual assistant that can take on these uh, tasks that humans cannot, especially those that don't require our full set of skills, and really have um, the humans focus on the tasks that machines uh, cannot do. Uh, when we look at performance um, analysis, we figured out one thing. So one problem is if you roll it out to more and more teams, you will figure out like, whether you talk microservices or feature teams, you more or less bring the operational responsibility into the individual developer team. So developer take this responsibilities for not only building software, but also running software. So Werner Vogels made this famous quote, so if you build it, you run it. 
which means suddenly you as a developer responsible for your microservice also have the responsibility to run your code. The problem is not everybody is a performance geek. Not everybody knows how to use a performance tool, how to build the dashboards, how to interpret all this data, and even more, not has like 10 plus years of experience in doing this. But everybody can ask a simple question. So everybody in this room can ask a question that's important to them. So how's my application doing? Is our service having any problems? Do we need to scale up uh, the capacity of our infrastructure? That's all questions you could ask. And if you have an assistant that can reply with the, with the proper answer, you have that interaction right away. And this is why we decided to have a voice plus chat uh, type of interaction. So voice ops for voice interactions plus chat ops when you are using HipChat or Slack to have these interactions and have a virtual assistant integrated in these conversations that you're having every day, whether it's in an email conversation chat or you're having a stand-up meeting. Uh, why does it make sense? First of all, it's integrated into what I would call your natural environment. So natural environment where you find operations and uh, development people in the stand-up and in your office. Just think about it. If the two of us were discussing a, a performance issue, it would be totally logical to ask the colleague next to you and ask him for details. It would feel weird if I say, hey, hey, wait a minute, I just have to get back here, bring up some dashboards, look at some data, and I'll get back to you. So it feels way more natural if we can include it in that conversation. The same if we were doing it via chat. Which is where the media breaks. So they ha usually they happen a lot of media breaks. We start to have a conversation about a problem, and then we move to get the data from somewhere else, and then we go back and we go back and forth. So this is not the way we humans usually uh, interact with. And it's also about having a consolidated source of information. So usually it's not that you just go to one tool to get all the information. Uh, think of a very straightforward issue. You have some problem with your last deployment, so you want to figure out what the reason of this uh, issue was. So you go to your monitoring tools. You figure out what's going on with your monitoring tools. And then you want to also know what the business impact is, so you go to the business tools. Then you bring all this information together, and suddenly, one hour later, you have the information that you need. It's not instant, it's not instant, it's not intuitive. So it kind of really breaks uh, that process, and you have to know which information sources you have to get. Tools of trade, obviously, you have Slack, HipChat, and um, the Amazon Echo for, for voice interactions. Um, next, we'd like to share, or David would like to share, some of the challenges that we've seen when you're really building a voice ops uh, interface. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Eloise, for the introduction. It, we've been building Davis. You know, it wasn't a weekend warrior project. Uh, over the past year, we've seen, or year and a half, we've seen kind of this rise in the bots. There's a bot for this, there's a bot for that. There, you can order a pizza, you can have a meme you know, show up in Slack. There's all these command-driven bot languages or bot frameworks that you can use. And we wanted to take it a little bit further. We really wanted to build that digital assistant, one that can augment your experience with application performance management information, but then also extend it so that you can have that assistant do things for you, possibly run errands for you. Um, and so with that simple requirement, uh, we, we ran into some challenges um, to enhance our assistant to make it just more than a bot. We really wanted to have a proactive conversation. Instead of Davis, just go get metrics and return those. 
I want Davis, our assistant, to go out, get those metrics, and provide a recommendation and let you feel good about that information, right? A hundred user actions are, are being affected by the login service being slow. What does that mean? Is that normal? Is that relative? So getting that absolute response back, but then also pairing it with a relative, right? Compared to last week, compared to yesterday at this time, compared to last month, right? Giving you some context and awareness of that issue, right? With Dynatrace, uh, what we really focus on is that end user experience. So really taking our bot, grabbing that information, pulling it back, but giving you a sense of reality and value of that conversation, or injecting value into that conversation. Uh, and really, the second option here, building basically a knowledge uh, package to come back to you. Um, so Dynatrace, we collect a lot of information uh, about your application. You have microservice for this, microservice for that, thousands and thousands of dependencies. Uh, but what's important to you, right, as an individual? So we grab that information. We understand it, Davis knows who you are, right, if you're a CEO, CIO, DevOps manager, maybe you're an engineer for an application. We actually change the conversation for you uh, based on who you are um, and your role with the application that, you, that you're monitoring. So really taking that, it's not just a bot, it really is a digital assistant providing uh, value to you. And then the last thing around guided problem solving, you know, depending on who you are, making uh, that conversation relative to you and taking you down a path, um, an infinite path, until you're satisfied with the information that G Davis is giving to you, they're giving back to you. So if you're a CEO and you're asking, how's the Dynatrace business doing today? It's gonna come back and it's gonna say, that you know, revenue is up today or revenue is down. Uh, there was 100 users that were impacted, but everything is generally okay. It's a high level, uh, high level conversation. Maybe if you're a CIO and you ask about, or a CTO, and you're asking about infrastructure capacity issues, or you ask, you know, what's the capacity of uh, my, you know, what's the capacity of my uh, application today, right? It understands who you are, the role that you have, and comes back with infrastructure-related problems where maybe there's a fleet of servers or instances that have high CPU usage or uh, exhausted memory. Uh, Davis will make that conversation or that exchange have information that's more relative to you and guide you down a path, saying, what would you like to do next now that you have this information? Would you like to dive into, dive into it more? Would you like to find out what the fault domain or root cause of that problem is, Davis will take you there and guide you there. And again, take you through that infinite loop of uh, conversation of exchanges uh, to get the information uh, that you're looking for. So some simple questions uh, we, when we started out weren't so easy to answer. So a simple question like, uh, how is my business doing today? Right. That's everyone knows how to answer ask that question, but to have a artificial intelligent conversational interface to translate that natural language into a query that goes to the Dynatrace AI API and return the information that's specifically meant for you. Right? We have to understand what data sources need to 
that we do we need to hit to pull back that information for you? How do I access that information? Right? Having Davis kind of being this quarterback and gathering all the information from all these da different data sources and actually putting those into a grammatically correct sentence and responding to you naturally like you're talking to your friend. Right? So how do we actually concatenate and put together that query to get that information? Uh, we have to make a lot of assumptions. Uh, the, you know, technology isn't there yet uh, where you just a command for this, command for that. We, we have templates that we've built uh, that make a lot of assumptions about the questions that you're asking. So pattern matching and also intent matching and also some parsing of the information that you're giving to our assistant. So I have actually a couple uh, examples that I'd like to give you based on what I was just talking about. So if I'm a CEO and I want to know how the Dynatrace business is today, I can ask uh, Davis via our Amazon Echo here up front. Launch Davis. How can I help you? How is the Dynatrace business doing today? Everything looks fine. All systems are performing as expected, and no problems have been reported today. You'll be happy to hear that new trials are up 10% from this time last week. What else can I help you with? Nothing, that's all. Okay, have a good one. So what that did was it, it goes out and understands that I'm asking a business question. I don't need to look at CPU. I don't need to look at memory. I don't need to look at... Uh, Tomcat process. I don't need to look at an Apache web server. I just want to understand how the business is doing. And conversions were up 10%. I don't need to dive into the weeds, or Davis doesn't need to dive into the weeds um, and, and gather and put together that response for you. But if I'm, again, that CIO or CTO, I want to know how the infrastructure is supporting the business. So if I uh, put some intent into my question that's more capacity or infrastructure related, Davis will understand that. Ask Davis if there's any capacity issues. In the past week, there were 131 infrastructure-related problems detected. I've gone ahead and ranked them based on impact for you. First off, there was a global outage for synthetic-based web checks, which affected very easy travel.demo.dynatrace.com, but it closed Monday around 3.40 a.m. Next, there was a global outage for synthetic-based web checks, which affected easy travel demo booking, but was resolved Friday around 10.05 p.m. Finally, there was a global outage for synthetic-based web checks, which affected easy travel demo booking, but it closed Friday around 11.40 p.m. Would you be interested in hearing more about the first, second, or third problem? The third one, please. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Ask Davis about the third one. This problem started Friday around 11 p.m. when a global outage for synthetic-based web checks started affecting easy travel demo booking. This problem appears to be resolved now. However, I would recommend investigating the root cause of this problem to see if there's a way to avoid this in the future. So there's an exchange where Dynatrace is analyzing potentially billions of dependencies within your application and actually prioritizing and ranking them to tell you about the most or the top three in the past seven days. So giving a high-level overview 
infrastructure-related uh, issues or problems affecting your application. Asking about a specific problem a little bit more. All of those problems were closed, so they're not affecting end users anymore, but you can dive in, find out a little bit more information, but now I can take that information. I can go to you know, a DevOps manager or a tech lead uh, for the application and ask them, what do you know more about this problem? Can we fix this so it doesn't happen in the future? Obviously, it's resolved, but um, you know, it's on the back burner and we can get around to it. What happened there, too, was what happens in natural conversation is someone didn't understand what you said. So if you're on the phone, you're talking with an individual, they say, can you repeat that? Right? Davis you know, remembered what it said. It remembered the conversation uh, or the previous exchange that it had uh, with me. So all I have to do is say, can you repeat that third option again? It remembered the conversation. It pulled up the relevant information. I can continue. I didn't have to start over. I didn't have to start that loop over. Um, I can inject right back into that conversation. So there's two different platforms uh, that we've, we've built up already that are ready uh, for Davis right now. Uh, we have a chat ops platform and voice ops uh, platform. I'll show you chat ops uh, here in a little bit. But those are two interfaces into Dynatrace's artificial intelligence uh, and our correlation engine. So monitoring all those billions uh, of dependencies within your application and, and making uh, a, a, a list of problems that are available to you. This is the infrastructure that we have uh, currently for Davis. Uh, it sits on Amazon Web Services. So that request comes in in, in Route 53. It goes to a Davis instance and uh, gets routed um, to uh, the Dynatrace or a Lambda function. And then it goes into uh, the Dynatrace AI API. Grabs that information uh, that matches your question or your intent of your, or subject of your conversation or your exchange, pulls that back, formulates a grammatically correct response, stores that in DynamoDB, and then responds to you whether you're interacting with uh, Davis via Slack or via the Echo uh, device family. So you can continually converse with Davis and it's storing all those conversations that you can go back in history and look at those. Uh, but this is a very simple architecture uh, using Route 53, uh, API Gateway, Lambda, and, and Dynamo. Uh, so Davis being hosted on a single EC2 instance in a Docker container or using uh, the Elastic uh, Container Service uh, that's available in AWS. So I'm going to switch back over to Alois, and he's going to take you through kind of the story of how we started uh, with Davis um, a little bit over a year ago. <clears throat> yeah, when we started it, um, as David mentioned, there was a first prototype. Um, and when we showed it to people, everybody told us, okay, this is a cool idea. And we told them, we want this to be more than a cool idea. We want you to use this in your everyday work practices. And the, the problem we were confronted with, we knew how we build a user interface. So you do mock-ups, you do a first implementation. And then they let people interact with it, and then you learn whether the user interface is working, it's not working, and then you continuously um, uh, iterate over it and make it a better experience. When we're, do we're doing the same with the Alexa Skills Kit, uh, we found, okay, so how do you create something like a mock-up or rapid prototype for a voice-based application. 
How can you easily do this, ideally when you sit together with somebody and develop a voice experience while working with somebody and just having your record next to it? And what I'm going to share with you right now is a simple way how you can design these interactions more or less uh, instantaneously while you're talking to somebody and refining them to a point where more or less you would have the a canned type of conversation that your developers can then take and based on this conversation build the actual experience with the backend. So the first thing you have to do when you, uh, what we do that uh, when we were working with somebody, we showed them what we can do right now. We had a video and we asked them what would you ask Davis? So what would be your question? So we went to our DevOps team and asked them, so what uh, would you ask Davis? And what they came up with, they told us, yeah, I want for my stand-up, I want a status for my stand-up. We have to stand up in the morning. We would have to go to the screen. We don't want to do this anymore. So uh, let's build this. And then you just start with like a basic quick phrase, uh, like give me a quick update. And what we then built this is a Lambda function, and this Lambda function is not really rocket science, as you can see here. There's all the magic behind it. Um, it just loops through all the intents that you have and just matches them based on what it gets back from, uh, from Alexa. The nice thing about this is this is the only code that you really need. The rest is all JSON objects. So even somebody who wants to design a voice experience that doesn't have coding skills, as we will see in a couple of minutes, can do this pretty easily and straightforward without having to understand how Lambda works, how Node.js really works, or how to really write JavaScript code. And yeah, you have these basic templates that you can extend, plus as we can say, you can also then drive interactions forward to, to go to the next step. So what I'd like to do with you right now is show you what this process looked like for us. And uh, by the way, the code that we're using here is all available on GitHub, so now I hope that I did not uh, get locked out of my uh, skills kit. So we have what we call our team update intent, intent here. So what a team update intent does, uh, for convenience, we have given it um, a couple of different phrases, like give me a team update, I want a team update, get me an update. The really nice thing is you just enter the phrases there and you define a couple. And the only thing we have to do right now, we go into a Lambda function. And we already have one in there. The one we have in there is the don't know one. Uh, what we're going to do now, we're now adding our, our team update intent. Uh, okay. And usually you would this is where the prototyping really starts. Um, where you would go in. Let me bring you up to speed. There was okay. Speed problems yesterday. Okay. So just saving it. Okay, wrong remote. Launch demo. Okay. Launch demo. Hello, Hello there. there. Nice, nice talking, talking to, to you. you. 
Give me a team update. Let me bring you up to speed. There were three problems yesterday. So, as you can see, this took us probably two minutes uh, to get a very simple interaction going here. Uh, as we mentioned before, one of the key aspects of uh, the voice interactions is really drive those voice interactions forward. So I was asking now a question, I'm getting back an answer. Um, but it just told me about two, uh, two problems, so let's make it a bit smarter. Okay, there were two pro three problems yesterday. Do you want to learn more? So now we add the proactive part of them. Do you want to learn more? And what I can now do easily, I'm just adding a yes. If the user replies back with yes, we have our details intent. And again, the only thing I have to do This is now my details. Again, saving it. Launch demo. Sorry, Sorry, I'm not, I'm not sure, sure which, which app or game to open. open. Launch demo. Hello there. Nice, nice talking to you. Give me a team update. Let me bring you up to speed. There were three problems yesterday. Do you want to learn more? Yes. There was a problem with the requested skills response. Oh, oh. <laughs> did, did I mistype it? Okay, that's true, yeah. There is really a, see, it's really smart. Yeah, okay. Launch demo. Hello there. Nice talking to you. Give me a team update. Let me bring you up to speed. There were three problems yesterday. Do you want to learn more? Yes. Yes. Sorry, I'm having trouble accessing your skill right now. Launch demo, yes. Launch demo. Hello there. Nice talking to you. Give me a team update. Let me bring you up to speed. There were three problems yesterday. Do you want to learn more? Yes. What is going on here? Thank you today. Yeah. <laughs> One more try. Launch demo. Launch demo. Hello there. Nice talking to you. Give me a team update. Let me bring you up to speed. There were three problems yesterday. Do you want to learn more? Yes. Why is it stopping all the time? I don't know. It's got some attitude today. It does. So, obviously we're not totally stupid. We have to, we have to code already 
uh, pre-built here as well. So let's just, I think you got the basic idea behind it. I really don't know what's going on there right now. Notes. Okay. Coping it over. Now, fingers crossed. Launch demo. Hmm, I couldn't, I couldn't find, find that, that app or game. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Alexa, there are 500 people in the room. <laughs> Launch demo. Hello there. Nice talking to you. Give me a team update. Let me get you up to speed. There were two issues. Do you want to learn more? No. <laughs> rapid prototyping. That is rapid prototyping, but if it would be working, um, it would be working. And, yeah. I've, well, now you really have to trust me on this one, honestly. <laughs> what I really wanted to show you, if it would be working right now, is that by simply yes and no phrases, you can easily extend it and also ask it what it wants to do next. Um, that was what it's, how it was supposed to work. I don't know why it totally ignores yes and no. Sounds like DevOps. Sounds like DevOps and a failed build in production. Um, yeah, let's, yeah. Maybe let's then go back to the real world use cases. Sure. Yeah. So Eloise is just showing you quickly you know, where we started. Right. At reInvent last year, we were uh, in rooms being introduced to the Alexa Skills Kit. Uh, so one of my colleagues and I, we started rapid prototyping. And we went to you know, our business executives with an idea of enhancing the experience with our Dynatrace product, the Dynatrace AI. And so we built out simple examples, static examples, of how's my business to, today? How is the marketing campaign doing? Are there any users impacted? And we put in those, you know, fake or sample phrases or template phrases, and we we got buy-in from our from Dynatrace to start working on this. Uh, so we took it from those simple conversations to really complex conversations, just as complex as your application. Specifically in the APM space, you have your applications that are ever ever shifting, ever shaping. You really can't put your finger on it. Right? Just with any conversation, if I were to have with you, we can meet, greet, right? shake your hand, start a conversation, but we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know where it's going to end. So to expand on Eloise's example of yes and no intent, we really wanted to put those three things in there of proactively guiding you through a conversation uh, with knowledge and action items uh, for you to take with you, right? Uh, that giving you that absolute relative uh, response. So I'm gonna fast forward here and go through a couple use cases of how Davis is used on my team currently on a day-to-day -day basis. So anything impo important for my team. So I come in in the morning, you know, at 6 a.m., getting my agenda uh, prepared for prepared for today, can I augment and speed up that process? What should my pizza box team be working on? 
this morning or throughout the day uh, that we can reiterate over and check on in 24 hours. Ask Davis what happened yesterday. Unfortunately, there were 19 problems yesterday between 12 a.m. and 11.59 p.m. After careful consideration, I would focus on one of the following problems first. First off, there was a global outage for synthetic-based web checks, which affected easy travel demo booking, but it closed yesterday around 10.05 p.m. Next, there was a global outage for synthetic-based web checks, which affected easy travel demo booking, but was resolved yesterday around 11.40 p.m. Finally, there was a high number of connectivity failures, which affected CouchDB Easy Travel, but it closed yesterday around 5.55 p.m. Would you be interested in hearing more about the first, second, or third problem? The first one, please. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Ask Davis about the first one. This problem started yesterday around 9.35 p.m. when a global outage for synthetic-based web checks started affecting easy travel demo booking. This problem appears to be resolved now. However, I would recommend investigating the root cause of this problem to see if there's a way to avoid this in the future. Sorry, I'm having trouble accessing your skill right now. Or if I want to find out what happened just last night or this morning, I could pass in a specific time frame. Ask Davis what happened this morning. All good. Nothing to report today between 4 a.m. and 11 a.m. So there's a couple examples there. So what happened yesterday? So looking at all the different problems mm -hmm. that could have come up over the last 24 hours. Or if I'm just, I know that a problem issue or an issue or a ticket came in. <clears throat> Uh, through our support system that said, you know, users were affected, I can look at a specific time frame. Or if I know a problem happened exactly at 3 a.m. Ask Davis what happened at 3 a.m. Nice. nice. It looks it like, like there were no there problems, problems today between 2.45 a.m. and 3.15 a.m. So I, I know that the ticket came in at 3 o'clock, but Maybe mm -hmm. that user was impacted 15 minutes before and it took him time to put that ticket in. Right? So Davis actually understanding, saying, you know what, There's I'm going to not take the exact time. I'm going to open up and expand the window and look for problems uh, within that specific time frame. Uh, what Davis can also do for you, uh, in, in if you're in Slack, you know, you don't have an echo or you don't have a dot, I can switch over to Slack um, and I can type um, and talk to Davis here, make sure it's up there. Hey, Davis. So I can just wake up Davis real quick. You know, hey, what's up? And so Davis is still listening. He's waiting uh, for my intent. So I'm just, what happened last night? So here we're, we're really... Uh, taking it a step further um, for your touch device as well, so on your phone. So now I'm going to open up my phone. It starts to become an omni-channel experience. I just got called by my manager to run over to his desk, but I have time to continue with the conversation. So I'm just going to open up Slack here. And I'm going to say the first one. Oh, that took too long. 
So Davis is, re is remembering the conversation that I had on my laptop. Now I'm over here on my phone and I'm interfacing. Maybe, you know, it's, you know, at lunch and I gotta go to an offsite meeting, I can use uh, the voice and the Surrey uh, compatibility of the iPhone and uh, interact here as well uh, in this terminal. So continuing the conversation um, in Slack. Slack uh, with the chat ops experience gives you a little bit more information. So I'm looking at the problem. I know it's a web, a web check or a synthetic test against my application. Uh, I can see that it impacted a specific service called demo booking. Uh, it is closed, but we didn't understand the root cause. If you look up two conversation or two exchanges there, you can actually see items with keys. So that means that Dynatrace has actually figured out what the root cause of that issue is. So selecting that link in Slack, interfacing. Did we just lose the, the feed? There we go. So Slack inter interacting with uh, our Dynatrace product here and actually taking you to that service that had an issue and we found a root cause. So actually diving into uh, the visual resolution path and actually looking at the story, right, uh, of that problem, when it started, what services it affected. So I could play this back here. And this is what we really mean by redefining the future of DevOps, is Davis taking you to the top three problems that your application is experiencing, going into Dynatrace's AI layer, replaying a problem back for you so you can understand exactly what happened, what was affected, and you can get the right teams and the right personnel uh, very quickly and efficiently whether you're on your desktop, your mobile device, or any other interface uh, like Echo. Switch back here real quick uh, to the boardroom. So I was talking about stand-up, how you can work with your DevOps team. Here are the boardroom, or probably high-level conversations uh, that you have with Davis. Uh, and one of the questions that you could ask probably in the boardroom is, what are the user activity levels right now? What are you, how are the, what's the user activity on my application? Right, so Davis going into that layer um, from the end user experience perspective. Ask Davis to tell me about user activity last week. Between November 20th, 2016 at 12 a.m. and Saturday at 11.59 p.m. Easy travel booking. 21 quadrillion 192 trillion 100. Ask Davis about user activity last month. What's up? Wow. Ask Davis about user activity last month. Between October 1st, 2016 at 12 a.m. and October 31st, 2016 at 11.59 p.m. www.easytravel2b.com was your most active application, experiencing an average of 30 user actions per minute. The greatest load was 31 user actions per minute, October 4th, 2016. The least active time was October 10th, 2016 when only 24 user actions. What else can I help you with? Nothing, thank you. Bye. So uh, going into more of an analytics perspective, giving you that user activity uh, perspective of an application, all based on some of the words that you use in conversation. So using the exact same data set 
the amazing data set that Dynatrace AI has and manipulating it and putting that into a conversation that's relative uh, to what you're asking uh, your subject. So I'll hand this back over to Eloise to talk to you about how you can get uh, your hands on Davis right now um, in GitHub. Yeah, so uh, usually a collection is actually more friendly to us than today. Um, what we want to share with you, so everything that you've uh, seen today, plus also what actually ha you have seen in the video, so even the integration of third-party tools that, for example, could roll back or releases, is all possible today. And the Davis piece, so the uh, voice interface piece for fast prototyping, is available for free. So if you go to dynatrace.com, meet Davis, you can actually download it. We also give you free access to uh, the Dynatrace AI layer for uh, actually being able to understand what problems are, how to resolve them. And you also have the ability to uh, extend them with your own conversation. So all of this is available to you today, so you can either run it yourself um, or we can engage that you just, uh, we get you up to speed and, and running. The idea is really you can experiment with this new type of approach and we're looking forward to learning about new use cases, use cases we haven't thought of yet. Yeah, like. And learn more about them. Like maybe telling jokes? Maybe telling jokes. Let's see. Ask Davis to tell a joke. Sorry, Sorry. I, don't I don't know any, any jokes. jokes. I only, I only know, know about, about the application, application performance. performance. So um, just really showing off there that you can extend Davis. It doesn't have to be about application performance uh, management. But what I want you to leave this room thinking about is what do you want Davis to do now that it knows about the problems that are affecting your end users, right? Maybe it's interfacing uh, with the orchestration layer, right? A chef, a puppet, an Ansible. Right, maybe it's been, David, you asked David to spin up instances to support uh, more load on your application before, on a specific day. Maybe you schedule tasks or give Davis a task to run on a specific day, right? Now you can extend Davis to run routes for you, right? Davis has informed you about problems. Now you can tell Davis to actually be an assistant and go and take care of those things. So thank you very much uh, for attending our conversation. Please uh, remember to fill out your evaluations. Uh, for this session and, and for the entire Amazon reInvent conference as a whole. Thank you very much and have a great conference. <laughs>